0: Welcome to a bye week edition of Burgundy Blogcast, the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. With me, as always, is the man behind Burgundy Blog, Brent. Brent, how are you doing today?
1: Doing great, Hayes.
0: Nothing to ask you, no one word to ask you about for a game. I guess I could ask you the one word to describe a bye week While you're thinking of one word to describe a bye week I'll mention that SeatGeek is a sponsor of Burgundy Blogcast. Use the promo code BURGUNDY on your first purchase to get $20 back. Uh, Brent, do you have one word to describe a bye week that I just put you on the spot for?
1: Boring.
0: Yeah, it usually is, which is actually probably a good thing uh, in terms. Give me general news. We're going to dive into the Trent Williams suspension. Mm-hmm. So we have that news. Has anything else significant happened that Redskins fans would want to hear about in the uh, past 10 days going on two weeks now?
1: Um, <clears throat> well, they signed a guy. An offensive lineman who I had never heard of off the Red uh, off the the Ra- uh, Ravens practice squad. I think his name is Clawcell or something. He's just some dude. So that that he he kind of he's a guy at least that they can use as as a tackle in uh in in emergency situations. But then I guess the other roster thing was uh, Niles Paul. Redskins fans are all very familiar with Niles Paul. Homegrown guy, fan favorite, uh, special teams um, specialist. And uh, team captain actually, and he I think he tore a labrum in his shoulder in London, so he went on IR, and um and they're hoping that Derek Carrier will be able to uh, come off of I guess the pup here in the next couple of weeks and replace him. But Niles Paul, uh, really fun to root for, really hard-nosed type guy, versatile guy, sort of. Uh, grinder, do-it-all kind of guy. I think the prevailing sentiment on him is that it's just kind of sad, I guess, and a little frustrating that uh, his season was cut so short because that happened to him last year in the preseason. So uh, he had had a, a foot or ankle injury last year. So two seasons in a row cut, uh, unfortunately, short for a guy that uh, that's pretty fun to root for.
0: Um, so, hardcore fans that want to know, you know, where is this guy or who is that guy for every number on the roster will want to know that stuff, but it doesn't sound like a whole lot fundamentally changing about the roster. Again, we'll get to the Trent Williams suspension. Anybody uh, in particular that had a nagging injury or, or that you think particularly benefits from from uh, from the from having a week off here?
1: Um, well, <clears throat> actually, yeah, Morgan Moses, the right tackle, he's now very important with Trent Williams out, and he was um... – for somewhat unclear reasons, sort of limping, limping out of the uh, last game, and actually this week, at least on Monday, I think uh, he he was not practicing fully, off to the side or something. So his health is very important. If if the if Moses, the starting right tackle, can't go, and Inseki is already in there backing up uh, Trent Williams, they're in big trouble on the other side of the offensive line. So hopefully the time off will help him to heal up, and it sounds like he'll probably play, but if, if he can't, that could be a problem.
0: All right, do you, how sharply do you watch uh, or, or how like uh, harshly do you judge uh, an NFL team based off coming off the bye week? Are you one of those guys that's like, got to win that game? In this case, it's the Vikings, so it's another team that – In theory, the Redskins are kind of on the same level as, certainly not, uh, you know, an elite in the conference or in the NFL, but definitely a team that had a good start and uh, is hunting for a playoff spot. Uh, Are you somebody who will sort of judge the coaching staff harshly based on how they come off of a, a bye week?
1: No, I think that, I don't know if it's overrated, but I make a little bit less out of that than most. I mean... Um, you know you can only do so much and usually with the buy the players I mean I guess the coaches are in there supposedly grinding every day the whole time so who knows maybe they'll cook up a special player too I, I don't know maybe it should be a slight advantage but I, I don't really think of it as any more must win or or, or, or more likely a win because of the extra time <laughs>
0: Let's get to the the biggest issue or the biggest piece of news, at least that I saw. Feel free to overrule me if there's something else, again, that I've missed. But Trent Williams uh, getting a four-game suspension, and that's about all I know as far as getting the facts exactly right. So at that point, I will turn it over to you to explain, A, give me some backstory on Trent Williams, whether or not he has a history with this sort of thing, B, what facts we do know about it this time. And then I know you did a full bumper on it, but maybe see summarize sort of your, your take on Trent Williams suspension. And if we've learned anything from the time that you sort of first did a bumper and, uh, and reacted on it.
1: Yeah. So it's, uh, some of it. it <clears throat> is still a little bit mysterious. So I definitely don't feel like I have every detail, but going back a few years, it was 2011, which I think would have been maybe his second year in the league. Um, not positive about that. He did have a four game suspension once previously for, multiple violations of the policy against substances of abuse. Um, he then apparently went long enough, which I think is two years, without a subsequent infraction that he like um, phased out of the program, so to speak. So he was basically knocked back down to um, a, a level um, at, at which any other player who had not previously violated the policy um, would be on. And so with this suspension having coming having come down now what it basically means is that um I think it he he needs to have had four violations of the policy since he phased out of the program, which I believe was in 2013. So over the past two to three seasons, he's violated the policy, I believe four times, by either failing or missing a drug test. Now that's a little bit unclear because he's apparently disputing whether it was four or three, and then some representative of his on, uh, as part of the NFLPA may have like, botched one of these. So no one really, though, is disputing that he has um, failed or missed a drug test at least three times and possibly four times over the last couple of years. So he apparently, over the course of the offseason, maybe the early part of this year, was appealing the suspension, um, but uh, was unsuccessful. And so it's a done deal, and he has basically no recourse.
0: All right, and do you have uh, sort of a summary take, or or as you all often are uh can you be the voice of the fans and gauge what the fan reaction to this are they uh pissed is are there is there a predominant theory as to what it is are they pissed at trent williams are they pissed at the league because they view it as too harsh a punishment how do redskins fans slash you if you think it's sort of your view too or, or maybe how you differ from the majority of fans how do, how power people taking it because obviously it he's not a quote-unquote, sexy player, and then it's like your quarterback or your wide receiver or your, you know, dude that has 10 picks on the year. But he is, you know, by any, you know, expert opinion, one of the best offensive linemen in the game and plays one of the most important positions uh, in the game. So tell me how fans and you are reacting to it.
1: Yeah, so first of all, in terms of whether or not he's a sexy player, I mean, sure, he's an offensive lineman. But, I mean, Redskins fans even fairly – Peripheral Redskins fans are madly in love with this guy and really still are but have been for a long time. I mean, every Redskins fan knows that he's if not the best and certainly one of the two or three best players on the Redskins and I think probably the best. Um huge contract. He's earned it. He he um he's all, I mean, you know, not so much right this minute, but prior to this suspension and since the last one, uh eminently available. Um, he he fights through a lot of injuries to play, so his toughness has really endeared him to to fans. And then on top of that, he's just excellent. I mean, he's uh, potentially having an all-pro type season. So fans, even though he's just a blocker, um, he's definitely a a sexy redskin to most fans. Now, I think the sort of, you know, what I've sensed on Twitter, etc., in terms of fan reaction right now, there's a couple of prevailing sentiments. One is definitely anger and disappointment and almost betrayal, that he would, uh, you know, lead the team in such a lurch at a key part of the season. Uh, there's definitely, though, a huge faction of of the fan base who, um, I don't know if they're willing to just uh, give him a pass, but believe strongly that the substance abuse policy is antiquated and unfair and seems prepared to pretty much, you know, look the other way for... I guess almost any player who violates it because it's so dumb, but especially for Trent Williams, who has really, you know, by most accounts, earned this sort of reputation not only for being an awesome player and a tough player, but a, but a leader and uh, a really important voice in the locker room. So there's a lot of support for him, and there's also a lot of disappointment. I, I think, you know, in terms of my own opinion, and I did do a, a short bumper on it, but I was pissed, and I think. Um, you know, I think he, I think the rule probably is unfair. I think that you know, it's it's probably ridiculous for any player to uh, have to forfeit twenty five percent of the regular season, or even more, if he should if he should continue to violate the policy after this, for smoking marijuana, which, as everybody knows, is already legal in some states and. Really, not many people at this point um, object to so strongly. On so oral, is that is that the prevailing
0: ground. theory? Is that the prevailing theory that the, these are weed, all all pretty much weed busts?
1: Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, okay. you know, the misses are misses, but um, right. yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that that's that's his his uh, substance of choice. So, um, I, I think the policy is dumb, but I, I I would align myself mostly with those in the camp who say the rules are the rules. You knew the rules. You put yourself in this position, and even if somebody did screw up procedurally one of these violations, you clearly put yourself um too close to you know to to the fire to assume that you wouldn't get burned and you know you're gone for whatever reason there's four games you're not there there to help, and you're a captain, and you know I don't know i mean some of that is old you know grandpa type. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I love sure what, you.
0: I love you bracing because you know I'm going to at least try and cover oh, I know something. exactly
1: what's coming, yeah. and I'm I'm looking forward to it. But, um, it, it's I I think he I think he screwed up. I mean, I don't I don't know how anybody couldn't at least include that little fact in any defense of what happened. He screwed up, and he will hopefully take some ownership of it. He's one thing I don't love is that the team has already said that he's not going to speak publicly about it to the media until it's over. Um, which I think is a little bit of, you know, that's fairly weak sauce. But, um, I I think that, you know, I think he blew it. I do, you know, do I, do I, do I sit here and judge him and rebuke him and admonish him for all of his, you know, horrible moral failures? I mean, that's not really the point. I think professionally, um, you know, he, he, he costs his team, um, some sure. Key, some very key time and potential. Yeah, we all game. see
0: your side. Yeah, got you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: all right, lay it on, um,
0: I mean, I, I love how you did. You do You say you don't morally judge him, but you do mention the terms morally judge. No, no, no. I, I think um, I'm. I'm. I've. Uh, I've made a lot of bluster as if I'm going to like give you some like scorching take or even some like sweet hot take that you'll have to like suck on. But it's really not that. So, uh, a. I don't know if if I would even dismiss terribly and say the rules are the drug rules are dumb. I mean, I think I don't like people who say all rules are dumb because you have to start somewhere and you have to start writing rules. And the reason there's a reason we got to the ones we do. Uh, I am in the camp uh, uh, and and I also 100 percent can see the, you know, guys have a responsibility not only to not, you know, smoke pot, but to, um, you know, if guys love skiing, I'm not one to say, man, sorry, I own your leisure time. You know, you can't go skiing in the off season. I do think you have to weigh when you're, you know, when you are part of a team, part of an organization, and depending on what their investment in, in you, and, and certainly what your contract is, obviously, if there's things that are written into it and, and with, with rules, that's part of the you know, contract, um, th- then you do have to consider those. And, and when they're broken, that there have to be, um, consequences. So there's no part of me that says, Oh, the rules suck. This is stupid. Half the country is legal weed. This not mm-hmm. doing anything wrong. That's not my take at all. My only my only two things I guess that I'd point out, um one is a general and, and you've heard me say this sometimes and and I'm not trying to be Mr. I've been, you know, in locker rooms. I'm Mr. media guy. I'm I'm not Mr. journalist. A lot of people have a lot better stories and perspective on things, but I have seen, you know, um that Maybe I've seen more than, than some people that players are human, that the five best players can all be on a basketball team. And dude, if one sleeps with another guy's wife, it doesn't <laughs> matter that it's the five best players. That team is going to have a problem when they play that next game, you know, or or girlfriend or whatever in college. So th- there's a human element to everything. And that goes with drugs as well. And so the two things that, that, that I look at are, one and this is sort of tied to the policy, and this would almost be the more apologetic one. Is is man, and this is a trend that's happening rapidly. I hate prescription uh, painkillers. Yeah, you know, I, I don't like them, and the way they've been used, and I can't imagine how they would have been used on me and used against my knowledge for a long time of my career if I'd grown up in a, as a college and NFL football player. So, if a guy, uh, you know, on his own, and again, it's not necessarily right, but if his total you know philosophy is i'm going to take care of my pain how i need to do it and it's it's i think it's the healthiest way i do know i'm skirting rules i do know i'm putting myself at risk but i think it's best for my long-term health uh, as a teammate as a person that i'm i'm going to i'm not going to say fine but i'm going to have a lot more sympathy and i'm going to listen to that guy a lot more okay the other the other one is and i know Marijuana gets lost in it because it does seem like such a, like, what, you know, we just, we went to the club or went to a concert or, or just, we were doing it with some boys or whatever. Alcohol, people tend to have more sympathy if a guy has an alcohol problem, obviously harder drugs, you know, and, and again, prescription painkillers we're seeing growing addictions to, but don't dismiss that this might be a guy who is a functional person with, with a, a drug addiction, that that's a problem. You know, he is a functional guy in that he can do it and still perform his job, Or, but at the same time, he can't exactly quit it and doesn't have total control over it. That that still doesn't mean I don't think that he should be suspended, and I believe, but I would be open to hearing differently, that the league does try very hard to, to get you into those things, but as any uh, person will tell you, even if they have the best support system for you, it does take an addict being willing to say, I I want to fix this. So that would be the other one where again I, I'm I'm still not adamant that um um that he's being treated wrong by any means. But maybe I'm a little less pissed and maybe I could see a little more human. Um to, so I'm I'm cutting off anybody who's like seething anger. If you are mm-hmm. upset and feel like he's, you know, um not not pulling his weight as a teammate because of this, I'll definitely hear that. I'll absolutely hear that. And I think that's a fair to consider um and and so but i also think i'd consider a human side to it mainly those two points and that's about it that's that'd be my take
1: those are some surprisingly reasonable points introduced by an impressive humble brag but hayes riddle me this (laughs) uh every player out there is is you know throwing their weight around and banging hard and uh, you know, suffering from multiple undiagnosed, undisclosed, and often totally yep. secret injuries. Yep. Uh, and, you know, Trent Williams, chief among them, because of the position he plays and because he's a big guy and because he goes squares off every week against the other team's best pass rusher. But if all of these guys are in such misery and agony, which, fine, maybe they are, probably they are, you know, why Why are so few getting popped? I mean, Whatever, whatever the mechanism may be, is it just that ninety-eight percent of these guys are getting lucky? I mean, and I know a lot of them are, you know, right now, unbeknownst to the general public, two and three violations deep into the policy, um, sure. and and maybe you know on the doorstep. Well, but I think, and you know, you know, the, your your point about um, maybe being functionally dependent is is totally valid and possibly applicable. Uh, but short of that you know, I think even if, even if you're, you know, the whole angle about I'm, I'm medicating and I'm, and I can't stand the narcotics like fine. I'm actually fine with that. Even from the perspective of, of a physician, like I, I, I think there's a lot of merit to that, but everybody else on your team has found a way to avoid, uh, you know, giving up four games for this. So like, what does it take? Is it, you know, I, I, you know, part of me wonders if, He's made enough guaranteed money already to this point that the risk benefit has shifted a little for him um and and if that's the case, then you know I think I could see fans sort of questioning uh that desire that commitment that want to i mean but you know he's he's a hard worker he 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 practically trains hard and conditions hard in the off season he invited a bunch of his teammates down there for this thing called hogs two Point in Texas for everybody to train on hills in the hot summer heat you know and that that's all great but like has he decided that you know he was w- a little bit more willing to tolerate the risk of getting caught? Uh, I mean, I think that's a reasonable question, and and sort of an, you know another reason for fans maybe to second guess it.
0: Uh, that's fair. I I I hear that point. And the and the other thing, how old is he?
1: He's been in the league, I think, seven years. So
0: yeah, over uh, thirty, or, th- or he's 30. not thirty.
1: He came in pretty young. I think he might okay. be twenty eight or something.
0: Yeah, you know, but he's probably, um, well, I don't know, could play another seven years. Oh, yeah. yeah, to to that point, um, I don't know if if it um, – or um, I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer. Uh, well, I, I, the other thing I was going to say is what if Trent Williams said at the beginning of the season, man, I'm beast, but uh, but it takes its toll on me, and I need three bye weeks this year. I need a bye week, and then I need week four off, and I need week 12 off. And doctors were sort of like, yeah, he's, he's, you know what I mean? Like, what if, what if you had a plan yeah. that, that involved, hey, I'm getting older? It's almost become like a norm in the NBA now where it's like, hey, yeah. the older guys are going to take off 10% of the games. Now, a different schedule and stuff like that. Um, so, you yeah, know, I don't, I don't know. And, 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 and some of that could be justica- justification for in, in his own mind. Um, but, and obviously, again, we're, we're talking about a lot of hypotheticals. So I don't necessarily want to go too far into, the, the specific, well, I mean, this sort of like copping out, but I can't tell you the details of what he might be thinking in my hypothetical or, or, like you said, why other guys can't get it. I'm only trying to give you two reasons why to maybe not be, and I don't hear you being ridiculously angry, but why I would, you know, yeah. not go any farther than you at being disappointed right. with, without hearing some more of the story. if team, And like you said, and I think that story is, a whole body of work and everything you can learn are three other teammates saying this guy phones it in, you know, or do you see him working in the off season showing him a bunch of other stuff that it seems he's committed, you know, if his character seems commitment, then, well, I'd like to know more about where, where exactly the drug use stems from. The other yeah. thing that's tough about that is I do feel like, you know, I, I think, I think some people would listen to this and say that I'm forgiving of like, like, let's say he's, Whatever a, a clinic an admitted pothead or a diagnosed pothead or whatever you know, and a pothead of alcoholic proportions, whatever you want to call it. it seems silly to say, all right, well, you and your boys go to a concert on on a Saturday night on the bye week that I don't get mad at Trent Williams because like, oh well, he's just he can't help it, but the guy who was just doing it, you know for fun because it was a concert and he knew it was a bye week and he, and he had like long to get off that I don't i'd feel differently towards him so mm-hmm. you know it's tough i i um i try not to just uh, just like i asked i would ask people to have sympathy i try not to defend him because i don't really know the story you know right. uh, everything you say and everything you question could be 100 percent true in which case there's a lot more reason to question and be upset with uh with his actions here good point so. point.
1: and i will say i must concede um having read like pretty extensive quotes from quite a few uh teammates that they are fully behind him. They appear to be very genuinely and authentically supportive of him and prepared to welcome him back with open arms. I mean, you're gonna do that for a veteran and a guy who's, you know, carrying your offensive line probably anyway. But um they, you know, it really seems like they understand. I mean, all you know, those guys probably know the details. Well, they definitely know the details a thousand times better than than uh than you and me, but sure. um they they uh, do not seem, you know, at all, maybe um, uh, maybe may sl- may upset or disappointed, but not, uh, not, not, not prepared to be unforgiving. So I think that will probably, you know, when he comes back, he'll be absorbed and welcomed, and it'll all smooth over, I'm sure, very quickly. And Jay Gruden said, you know, essentially the same thing, which is what he's supposed to say in public. But probably it's a far, far bigger deal to me and most fans than it is to his teammates in this day and age. So hopefully that's the case for him.
0: SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. Not only that, they tell you what seats are a great value, so you're getting good seats and paying a good price. Every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. And best of all, Burgundy Blog listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you got to do is download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, click Add a Promo Code, and use the promo code BURGUNDY. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. SeatGeek let's move on to a discussion we had prepared to have and you put some work into although we may not go we may do like part of it now and maybe we'll resume some of it later here's here's the exercise I asked you to sort of list every starting quarterback and you sort of did it as starting quarterback situation because some especially at the low end we don't really know what the who to call the, the starter um, and you uh, looks like took age into account as well because some guys yep. like Drew Brees who you'd obviously have as a great quarterback falls starts falling further down this list. Cause you've only got a couple years left with them and who knows what New Orleans got after that. So a lot of that makes sense to me. Here's, here's the question that I would pose to you. And maybe at some point you can post this list and see if people agree with you. I'm a little curious why you have golf who hasn't played yet over Dak from Dallas, who is uh, scorching right now. Maybe that's <laughs> you hating against Dallas, but might have to rethink that one. But um so but maybe you should list this because I don't want to go through everyone and like talk about them. I thought when I sought out to do this, that I would find cousins around the 13, 14, fifteen, maybe 16 mark. and I ended up having a right around where you did, which is actually the 20 mark, the three quarterbacks you had right ahead of them or quarterback situations were or let's say four situations you had ahead of them were dalton and cincinnati eli and the giants golf with la and dak with dallas you had him right ahead of tyrod taylor with buffalo alex smith with kansas city ryan Tannehill with miami that's a uh, that's right in the group where i had him and pretty much right where i did but i was surprised that that situation ended up being i think 20 Hmm. out of 32 yeah i and so maybe again i i you we talked we had this Talk earlier, where it's like he's not as bad as uh, as the the haters are saying. I expected to, to I thought he was playing it a little bit better right. in my own head right, right. than I found he was when I sort of listed it all out. I kind of did reactions?
1: too. I know. I agree. I agree. Same same for me.
0: Any takeaways from that? I, I mean, I'm not sure what it means. And again, stats and wins are are you know wins first. You know, wins the result in playoff seasons even more important. And then your sort of overall individual quarterback stats second matter. But uh, do you think that's something that when, when GMs and coaches sit down and talk about what are we doing with our quarterback, do you think they look more at his numbers and his play, you know, compared to last year and the year before, or do you think they sort of do it more like this and say, where are we in the quarterback world Mm-hmm. And do we have a, you know, do we have a chance to make a 10 spot jump with a free agent move or a draft? Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. Is it, does it, is that cause for more action or concern to, to that you who, again, I think have a pretty rational view of them and even are a supporter of them mm-hmm. have him almost in the lower third of the league.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 I'm, I'm glad you made me do it. Cause um, like I said, I was a little surprised by what I ended up with and I, I had been kind of floating around thinking that that he was uh an up you know to me um a top half um starting quarterback i was and, thinking
0: 14 15 yeah, yeah
1: and i and i ended up you know you know one thing here is that certainly in the middle you know this 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 middle third here these 10 15 guys in the middle i mean i <laughs> it, you could you could have just um rolled yeah, some but, dice for me probably but
0: but i guess when you're like you've fairly got, like, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, Joe Flacco, and Andy Dalton in, like, your middle third, and, like, well, dang, you know, you're not putting Cousins in front of him. Now, he's got age on some of those guys. The other thing I'll say that stands out to me, Cousins might be better than Marcus Mariota, who you rightfully probably have higher than him right now. He might be better than... He's probably not better than Matt Stafford. You know, Stafford's got that great arm. We're going to see what he does about Kevin Jones. He might be better than Derek Carr or Carson Wentz. Those guys have the um, small sample size going for them right now, right? Yeah, a lot. Uh, I mean,
1: I, I did, but, uh, yeah. I did put a lot of, but your
0: assessment is fair.
1: I I, I put a lot of um, perceived upside into my rankings because I think uh, I'm I'm not. Um, I think one thing that this season has done for me is cooled me a little on his ceiling. Um you know, I thought, you know, he had this blazing hot second half of 2015 and I thought, you know, if this guy does nothing but study and train all summer and he's the and he's the de facto, you know, he's QB1 from the first snap um all all uh you know, all summer and all preseason that you know, what if what if he actually, you know, kicks it up a notch. Yeah, and, I see. and becomes you know a, just a total stud dog. Like to me, that was easily within the realm of possibilities. Not necessarily likely, but I think what has happened over these eight games, where he's like looked okay in spots, looked awful in spots, overall sort of just been you know kind of decent, um, is that it's it's rubbed a little of that shine off. And I'm starting, you know, I, I'm I'm starting to come to grips with the fact that his, you know, I, I don't I don't really think that there's. I'm having a hard time projecting him, you know, even in the best-case scenario, up into the top five or ten. So, uh, you know, that that's that's a big part of it. I, I think also, you know, the, these exercises are fun and worth talking about, but, uh, you know, fit, team fit, scheme fit, such a humongous thing with yeah. a quarterback. And I think that um, I'm not sure there's anywhere else in the – I mean, there may literally not be anywhere, any other team, any other offense in the entire league, that would squeeze out of him what Jay Gruden and Sean McVay are getting out of him. I mean, this offense is completely tailored to his skills in my opinion. So, um, you know, that probably does make him more valuable to the Redskins. does that mean that it's wrong for them to pay him that 20 million if they have to, because nobody else would, or because, you know, 28 other teams would not, I I don't think it does. I mean, I think you should pay him for what you think you're going to get out of him. Um, and I think he, you know, I think he's he's set up to continue to succeed for the foreseeable future if the coaching staff here remains intact. So, you know, a lot of that is, like you said, I have Goff ahead of him. Seems kind of silly. I guess there is good reason now to be a little nervous about Goff because he, you know, Keenum just sucks and and he's <laughs> he's yeah. not able to break through. But to me, that the ceiling on Goff, based on you know the reason, you know, what we saw in college and the, the very reason he was drafted number one overall. Goff's ceiling to me is, is much higher than Cousins. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's tricky. I, I'm, it was, it was a useful exercise and it, it, um, if you know, I think it probably as, as a guy who came into the, into the season saying, man, I think they blew it. I think they, think they wasted an opportunity to lock him up at a, at a more palatable price that wouldn't destroy the salary cap. This is probably at least one more thing that helps me sort of, um, you know, understand why they didn't and kind of, kind of, you know, maybe maybe nod to the GM for being more patient than I would have been.
0: I think the criteria I had in my head was who were teams that like right away would say, yes, we would take cousins over who we had mm-hmm. and that was the one where in my head. I thought well, there'll easily be 12 and then debatably right. another couple and it's really only like yeah, six that yeah. are undebate undebatable. I think that's like, a really
1: good way of describing it. I agree. I agree. It's it's a handful.
0: Um, you because know, even like Blake Bortles, Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill, they're they're not saying, oh yeah, we would definitely take Cousins over right. what we got. some. right, all right, well, interesting to look at. Like I said, maybe maybe uh, if if you want, you can publish that list so that other people get a look at it. I'll put it up on the
1: blog. I don't think people even realize anymore that I do have a blog, BurgundyBlog I will put. What it do you up mean there. they don't
0: realize that?
1: Well, you know, I'm on Twitter yeah. and stuff, but no, no, I, I don't really, I don't really, you know, I started Burgundy Blog as an actual blog, like a normal person blog where I would write right. things. And that was back when I don't know, I guess I had more You were time. in med school. Yeah. yeah. So um I will put uh, I will put this list up on burgundyblog.com. You can check and see who I think. And again, these are these are and I, I did this according to QB situation. So I've got I've got a couple of guys ahead of cousins who I don't necessarily think think are playing better than him right now but oh yeah um, you better
0: be clear with the criteria otherwise
1: i'll I'll, I'll make a note but these are you know i basically rank teams more so than players like who's in better shape at the qb spot than the redskins are and then i did end up with cousins at number 20
0: interesting stuff uh all right it's the bye week so we need the redskins to come out hot against the vikings because the rest of the next four game set is packers at cowboys at cardinals um, are you going to be dismayed if this team goes 1 and 3? I mean 2 and 2 through the stretch would be not bad. 3 and 1 would be awesome. I'm not even going to say 4 and 0. Oh, yep. uh, but but like is 1 and 3 going to be uh, backbreaking or is 1 and 3 going to be like hey, as long as they play well and they're in those games, they could that I'm still going to believe they're a good team even after a 1 and 3 stretch here.
1: I think 1 and 3 is pretty close to backbreaking and unfortunately yeah. I think it's pretty realistic. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably the most likely outcome to be honest. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, I think one and three or two and two are the two most likely outcomes. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I'd be, I'd be kind of okay getting through this, um, uh, this next quarter at, you know, going two and two. So that would put, that would make them what? Six, five, and one. Gosh, uh, I forgot about the damn I think, I think they, I think the season, you know, I think the season would, um, I think they'd still be viable. I think yeah, we'd definitely. have interesting football through December, which is what I what I'm really hoping for. And um, you know, I think less than that, and I think you're starting to look towards the draft.
0: I agree. They want to go two and two, and if you want to avoid one and three, I think the Vikings would be a really good yep. win to yep. pick up at home. Um, anything else from Brent?
1: I think that's all I got for the bye. We're
0: chilling. Did, well, how did you enjoy the bye week? I hear you went gallivanting off to New York. Was this to scout the Giants? Is I that right?
1: I was up in Manhattan. I was there for, to cheer on some friends running the marathon.
0: Excellent. Now you get a little squeamish when I talk any personal information. Is that okay that I tell people where you vacationed? Uh,
1: just be very careful.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, did you see? Did you see any Broadway shows while you were up there?
1: I didn't. But my wife went and what? saw something that I passed on Gloria Estefan I don't know man I don't really do the theater that much I know that uh, uh, that, that runs contrary to your uh, to your inclination there's
0: only, uh, only one you needed to see man gotta got see the Hamilton Hammy.
1: See. I know we tried it we tried, we tried a don't say ways. anything about the money
0: put the money down you got it take the kids <laughs> enjoy it's a piece of history alright for Burgundy Blogcast on the bye week and for Brent I'm Hayes Permar from Short Channel 8.